So here we are, and we are acknowledging for this moment, I know there's a lot of new ambassadors here, but you've probably seen this, the universal symbol for everlasting life. We have to take this moment in time and in space, especially this evening, so auspicious, full moon, full eclipse, and really just say right now we've been able to accomplish something. There is a milestone here because what you see is perpetual energy. You see all shapes, sizes, fashions, elements, all in unison, in this agreement with self that all is self. And in the recognition of that, because in that, the power of all things, that even only with this was I able to continuously bring in this level of awareness into this particular vibration and frequency that we call earth, only through this connection for those that not only believe, but those that know that the truth is embedded within these words that I speak as I continue to seek the truth myself. I'm only sharing my personal diary with you. Wholeness and balanced vibrations. If you are in a moment in your life in the future, or if you even see yourself in the past and you're dealing with any kind of lack I claim today that this moment is yet another space and time that you can charge yourself up on everything that you prefer, all the glory, all the honor, all the riches, your allotment, the things that you deserve, the things that your parents gave you, your genes, your ancestry, all of that be paid to you, pressed down <laughs> and running over. And that there are many more of these moments in time that we've opened in order to continuously acknowledge our presence. So let us begin with that. As I said before, my disclaimer, because I'm not sure which part of the recording was recorded, but my only disclaimer tonight is that while I may not know every single fine detail of what took place in the beginning and even before the beginning, as we're going to be just seeing this evening, I may not know every single detail, but I can tell you I'm going to find out. I can tell you that I have tracked a course that has progressively allowed a certain level of awareness to rest on my consciousness and the consciousness of others, and it has not failed. And that says a lot. As I said before, when you have synchronicities and things going on in your life, sometimes you're looking for the big giant miracles, but truly that energy that's actually bringing the secret energy, the, the synchronicity, the secret energy, uh, the synchronicities across your life is the energy that you can count on, is the energy that if you have a wavering in your faith, just re tap into that energy that brings the synchronicities because that's what's actually guiding the, the progress of your, of your growth here. And we are that too, so there's no separation. I also wanted to say because I can't make this all flowers, roses, and koala bears for you. This is a planet that also contains lithium. Whatever the intentions were here with this whole experience, life as we know it now, this is where we are. <laughs> so I've, I'm a time lord, so I love to go back into places where the, the hanging gardens and all of that is still in full effect, and it's just all bliss. However, when I wake up in the morning, that is not exactly the world that I wake up into, and I need to understand what that is teaching me. So as a master, we know we have the dream world to shape, form, and fashion into anything we want, but we also know that we have the real world to actually, this, this world, I won't say the real world, but we have this world to, to instruct us on the flexibility of also being in a co-creation. But I have some jewels that I just want to drop off right away because we just have to we, we, we have to continuously see what our consciousness is telling us and just be unapologetic with yourself and just take it like even this whole aspect of even being in 360 degrees that every year we celebrate these same holidays. We celebrate, even if you don't like holidays, your birthday, you celebrate and just that every single year we will keep coming around and doing the same thing. Nah, you would have to peep that itself as some type of spell, like the whole thing. Now, 
the, what I don't want to do tonight is get into whether spells are good or bad because then we would like just be doing the same thing. We would never get anywhere. So there's going to be many points like that tonight where it's going to be like, so are the good, are those the good ones or are those the bad ones? And you have to realize that in, in maturity, you know, you go beyond good and bad. Like there are certain decisions that have to be made at times that for some will be bad and for others will be good. And maybe you're responsible for making that decision. And that's what gives you the maturity because immature beings, when it's time to make a decision, they don't. They just wait it out until either somebody else does or they see the repercussions of what happens when you don't make mature decisions in the time span in which they need to be made. So again, whatever the intentions with this projection, it is the way that it is now, the way that it is when I walk out the door, when I see now what's happening in society with the Jabberwocky, and I see the controllers, the people who are getting wealthy, I see the poor people, I see those who are, are rich in, in, inside and externally poor, I see those that are externally uh, um, wealthy and poor inside, I've seen it all. And many of you can say the same thing. Like I, I've, I've seen the, the crummiest, most destitute places. I've been there. And I've also enjoyed the greatest levels of prosperity and wealth and everything, every single thing in between. As an observer, though, as a being that in going through all of those states was still like, so I need to see the, I need to see the big picture here. And then always having the voice that's saying, well, keep looking <laughs> because I'm showing it all to you. And it's not all going to happen in one moment. This is a tutelage. You're going to go through this whole process and you're going to see this entire thing, but you're not just going to see it. You're going to feel it. And that's the experience, right? So now it's time to summarize what these experiences are really saying to us and also match them with not only the experience that our ancestors had, but the experience that the ancient knowledge is also saying it ha happened and is going on. So it's like basically time for us to, to come to not only some conclusions as we did last week, but it's time to, to level up. Uh, some would say man up, right? And you're going to see why tonight this whole thing about man, which actually includes woman too, that's why man is in woman, it's a wild journey. Literally, it's a wild ride. So watch this. How much, here's a question. If you had your notes, if you like taking notes, this is the time to begin. This is one of those sessions. It'll be archived whenever, but this was one of those that you may want to, you may want to remember certain things in here because you're going to see it all throughout existence. If you gain all the levels of awareness in what I'm going to be speaking on tonight, the whole veil of the world would just, it's like, your dream body will turn infinite wheels on the awareness of unfolding in the reality for you how this knowledge that I'm speaking of just ties into everything, especially on the etymology and linguistic level. That is where it's going to happen, that the words are going to just start rolling into each other and really tell you the story, but you're going to know the story so clearly the example is, is that because the vowels in most languages were hidden, when you're actually saying a, a, when you're when you're saying a word, because the word only consists of consonants, you still need to hear the context that the word is actually being used to understand what 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 actual word we're referring to, and that's going to make sense here in a moment. What I'm trying to get forth now is, is that. How much do we really think we know about our parents? And in this context, let's just take that on the normal earth parent thing. So you come into life and you see your mother generally first, and then you see your father and you grow up with your mother and father. Okay, let me get ready to dial all this in. And in your world, your mother and father are like God. They're the biggest thing. They're feeding you. Okay. However, you know nothing about your parents. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Like what they've done, their lives. Like, you know, my dad could be a mob boss. You see what I mean? But in my life, he's the, he's the guy that throws the, the bat, baseball to me or the soccer ball to me. You know, my mom, she may be this video vixen. 
but in my world, she's the breastfeeder. Do you see what I mean? So your your perception of who the parents are is strictly based on you being a child of that parent. And you're always going to think the highest of your parents, even if you don't know their backstory. Now, do we all realize that we all have a backstory, <laughs> basically, that in most cases, our children will not figure out or ever know completely for a while or maybe forever? So the reason why I'm pointing this out is because there's nothing about these so-called higher planes that are different than what we're experiencing right now. Because this is, if you're going to refer to anything like planes, higher planes or any of that, it's going to all be happening here. Because in the other spaces, there's no, there's no conversations. There's no none of this. So no matter how much you enjoy this and you're calling it life, it is actually a lie. For one major principle, one main reason. See, when we say the word lie, immediately people start thinking of the times they've been lied to. And then they start associating that with a personality. And then they kind of get this whole idea of liars, Right. But we're just talking about a lie traditionally or whatever this word would transcend through in all languages. Like, is there a name for lie in other ancient languages? And what you find out is when you decrypt that, all it really says is, is that when you cannot see the complete thing. That's what a lie is. You can't see the complete thing. Now, because when we turn on other faculties, like our third eye and our third ear, we are perceptive and can see other things. This by sheer right and use of wording is a lie. Does everybody kind of get that? And because we can't go forward, like, because if we're in this baby world and we're just like, no, my life is the truth. Maybe everybody else living lie. It's like, but if you walked around with your third eye on all the time, yes. But you and I both know you can't sit in front of this kind of thing with third eye on even. So third eye turns off, and now you can interact with the rest of the world. So let's say a person never even had a third eye experience before, which is most people. So the newsflash here is, is that at the end of life, you're going to have a third eye experience. You're going to have awakening. What life is about is preparing you for that awakening. So everybody is going to have an awakening. All their chakras are going to be blown open. And now... It's going to be how much did you learn during life? How much did you experience? How much did you train enough in that realm? Because now you're going to finally experience the truth. So let me reiterate this and, and, and make this very clear. So when you activate, what activation is, is the ability to see the truth. That, that's all activation is. It's your ability to actually see everything. So when humans, quote unquote, die, all of the films that are actually over the reality, they dissipate because they're actually connected into the chakra centers and they're connected even into the brain, the physical aspects of who we are. So they dissipate, they die. And then right then you go through this activation and now you're seeing the truth. And seeing the truth means you can see everything. So this is why you can prepare for seeing the truth because you can go through an activation in life. Like some of us have been activated and then we deactivate. So it's like you can practice here what it would be like to be completely activated infinitely. Or you cannot practice at all. Find yourself on the great day, activate and just be totally blown away by what you experience. It's almost like I, I believe that a person could get warped almost be by seeing really who they are and really what all this is so the longer that we live in the lie without telling ourselves and making sure there's a reference to ourselves remember you're not remember the activation that's when you see all of this then the trees be moving you can even see other energies moving around etc so you can see the feel the energy that is going on in the space, especially spaces that are dank. So there's this whole sensory system that you would have as a perception system, right? That you have as a perception system. But 99% of the world does not use that system. Most of them do not believe that system. Most of them do not even know that it exists. And that's what makes the world a lie. So what we have to do then is we have to decode then why is it so important for the world to, to be like this now?
Like what created the world as a lie? Because that's not definitely cannot be how things always have been. Things cannot start in a lie because we're the truth, right? So our existence and our being is the truth. So we could not start in a lie. So what I'm going to get into you get into right now is the book that has been sealed. If you remember in the scripture, they talk about that there was this book that the angels were transcribing to one of the prophets. I think it was Daniel. And then, the, then when the words are being written, they were disappearing as they were being written. And the angel was saying, don't write that to this prophet. And they said that this book would be sealed until the end of times. Today, this evening, wherever you're at in time, I'm going to unseal that book. And what that means is also that it, it means that when we're at the time when the book is unsealed, it also means that we're at the end, which is the beginning. We're actually at the point where the whole activation process is already beginning. All this thing even going on with the CV, which I won't pronounce, it's the, the vid or whatever you want to call it. The ivermectin even, which you'll see tonight, which is the bitter wormwood, being able to destroy parasites and bacteria. All this connects so intrinsically to our existence. But if you didn't have, let's say, the, in this case, it's the lexicon, the legend, or the cobble. These are navigation tools for a celestial ship. If you didn't have one of these instruments fully calibrated during these times, it would be like you would be running to and fro seeking knowledge, like all these different videos, all these different, you know, all this stuff. And I'm definitely one of those people for the last 10 years. I've been running to and fro to all these different knowledges and all these different levels of awareness, trying to put this tower of language and connection back together again. But it would be like in these times when this, this final truth that put everything together and made it all crystal clear before it was here, it would be like we would just be just never really, we would be grasping it, but not really unlocking it. This book, which is a, a transmission itself, it unlocks it. So I want to give you that awareness to, for, so you can prepare yourself. That, you know, for many, like from here, things will not be the same. And that's really what I actually am looking for. I'm looking for the change. I'm not looking to keep doing the same thing over and over again, infinitely in a circle. That's not, that's not where I'm at with this. <laughs> that's not what I believe that my destiny and my, my existence is about. And, and that's what led me to the level of maturity that allows me to not only to speak these words and be courageous to speak these words in front of others and just go through the process of figuring it out, right? And then being there, knowing sometimes that, man, I don't know everything, but I'm doing my best. And I'm doing my best because I really, really have come so in tune with something that has not only changed my life, but it has changed others' lives. And then there's more. And it's like the fullness of this is now where I feel like now on earth we have to be and we have to receive. So I send those transmissions out. And those that are in unison with me, we send those transmissions out. It's like, yo, we, we just need the truth. We have to have the truth. And then that's when the message comes through. And the message comes through like, um, like um, a very stern kind of energy. Like, okay, you ready for the truth? I'm not trying to play with you. Remember what I said. You know how the whole planet, you guys talk about you can't handle the truth? This is the real truth that you can't handle. And I'll be like, but you said that last time. <laughs> it is, but yeah, look at, look at what happened to you last time. So you ready? It's like, yeah, okay, here's the truth. The truth is, first of all, if you cannot see everything that is in front of you, you are living a lie. It's like a sub subliminal thing. It would pass down into multiple things that you're doing, even when you're asleep, because it's like a conditioning. So you need to see that you're right now, you're in a Petri dish. You're in a planet. You're a plant. You're, on a, you're actually being cultivated for something. And so let's open the eyes of awareness. What was going on in the beginning before creation? 
If you ask me, like, what would be the visual? Because I, I have to be able to see what you would call history or the past, and then I have to be able to travel through it to the present, through all the events that I'm saying occurred. That's what I go through every night before I go to bed. I start going through the process of the beginning all the way up to where I am right now so that I can recount everything that from a cosmic level even, that's how I go, from a metaphysical level, actually occurred. So I see in the beginning, before, before the beginning, before words, that it was like really a celestial choir, that we were just frequencies, actually tones that all played in unison, and then you just heard this sound. I don't know if that's the alm sound, but it was just a sound, and everything was playing at the same time, and it was sustained. It's like what you would say in music, the sustainer. It allows it to just keep going and keep going and keep going. And in that crescendo, now if you would visualize life in that kind of realm, it's nothing like a physical life on earth because the vibratory frequency is non-physical. So it's just like you're riding across this, like what golden intonation sounds like. But you are that, and you're just in that, ah. And in that state, there's, there's like no thinking. It's like, um, it's already like a, a, a vibratory hum that doesn't even thoughts can't enter into those spaces okay so if you want to visualize what happened before the creation that's what was going on and if you want to get in so is that sentient is that all of that i'm not going to be able to entertain that i can only see that reference point and see us all there all together playing together creating a sustainable frequency. And there's this kind of thing that we're calling life now does not exist in that space. So from there, now the master teaching begins because how the hell can you create something that is already created? That's, this is the master point. That's the first Thor's hammer on the whole creation story, write it down. How can you create something that is already created? You're using the wrong word. If we were already in this sustainable harmonic in unison, we were already. So if you're going to create from there, you're not creating, you're replicating. And it's the actual reason why replicate begins with rep as reptile also begins with rep because I can only disclose these secrets with going through the etymological tree because that is the vibration and the tones that connect everything. So this is not a creation, it's a replication. And you have to be aware of that because if it was already in existence, you don't have a you don't have a creator. Creation means replication. Creation means cloning. And this word in Greek actually comes from the word klon. K-L-O-N. And a, what klon is, and I do have a reference here, but I'll actually just read it. Klon in, in Greek is a technique of propagating new plants. Using, using cutting bulbs or buds. All right, so let's take a look at that just real briefly here. So you've heard the story, and by all means, tonight is not the night to reiterate the Anunnaki story <laughs> because the one that's published is a total, uh, is basically just a, a cunningly contrived myth versus what those who know really went on because those who can read the symbolism know what the symbolism is saying and knows all the history, the history that's also buried within the language. And that's that when the quote-unquote creators came to the world, the creators were only cloners. They were not the creators. They were replicators. And there was a reason why they needed to replicate, which we'll get onto in just a minute here. But what this image is is that what, what this tree is in the middle is for sure your DNA. 
never question whether or not this is the DNA or not. This is the DNA. And more importantly, this is the tampering or the actual in the hand, generally in, in, in these hands, the, it's actually scraped off and removed. It kind of looks like fingers. It was a pine cone. And you'll see some of them, it's a pine cone because what a pine cone is, is it's not only, uh, it's not only, it not only can cut, it is also a bulb and it also is a bud. So these words even, like when you realize who these entities actually were and how they exist across cultures, even Buddha, also known as Sprout, or just Bud, who's also Wednesday, who's also uh, Mercury, who's also Thoth, and we've gone through all that already, that that is a direct reference to the process of cloning, the process of replicating. Okay, now this, this knowledge of replicating, the reason why it's like, it's like the biggest, craziest thing in the galaxy because when you replicate something, you basically create a shadow of it. This is why this place was known as basically, this place was known as Eve or Hava. It was known as a shade or a shadow world because it wasn't the real one. It was a replica. It wasn't the truth. It was actually a lie. You couldn't see everything that existed from this space. You actually saw things really as the controllers of the space wanted you to see them. And that's why there's been this huge breakdown right now in society where we're like not sustainable because there's a huge truth that is not being revealed by a system of control that has harnessed the human bodies to the bitter end. Lifetime after lifetime, driving souls psycho by taking them through these courses over and over again as if they're like horses. Basically where humans are really angels, that's what humans really are. Angels were basically being created to be ridden. And let me explain this very clearly because riding is not just some being trying to, let's say, use your body. Well, actually, that is what it is. It's an it's a, a energy that is not inside. Let me, try to, let me try to put this in the proper context. Let, let's just rewind here. No, let's just rewind. We're going to go to the tree here and just make sure that everybody understands very clearly that this tree is the DNA. And more importantly, that when you can say, because we have to clear this through etymology, when you can say on a tree, what are some of the most important things on a tree? We have the fruit, of course, but more importantly, I think we have the leaves. Okay, the leaves. And I'm, I'm so clear on saying right now, the reason why we call them in English leaves is because the past tense of leave is left, which is like our left hand. And it's the left hand side of the tree that's actually the grafted part of the tree. It's the left side of the DNA that's actually the grafted part of the DNA. Okay, now the reason why this evening, this knowledge, it has to be, it's like, it has to be woven like a tapestry because I can only through this two-dimensional, three-dimensional body, let you see one aspect of it, then move to another side of it, let you see that aspect of it until you start gaining a full picture of exactly what is happening in the reality because this is the highest level of deprogramming. This is I don't know, I can't even say years or a thousand years. I don't know how long humanity has actually been subject to this because there's no such thing as time. All I can say is, is that the knowledge and the awareness and the wisdom of this does set the being free. It's an it's a actual wisdom and awareness thing. That's why it says, for the lack of knowledge, my people will perish because it's an actual wisdom thing that once you know, okay, that the leaves are in themselves, like if you saw your DNA, they show you the DNA and they show you like these, these orbs that are on the DNA. So 
those orbs themselves on the DNA are actually the elements that are used to make up the entire reality. And when they fall off the tree, they're like leaves falling off the tree. And this is what you can then say is what, what are the fallen? Because they start talking to you about in this mythology that these beings specifically were fallen angels. But if you're trying to identify, but what is a fallen angel or what is a fallen a fallen is like on this huge tree of DNA of the cosmos. When something falls off of that, that's, that's, that's these forms of existence. And that's even existence as we know it. It's like a fallen off piece of a tree. balance vibrations i'm here to talk to you about something amazing called she legit now all of us are looking for more energy more potential more strength more intelligence more knowledge but where does it come from why do we feel depleted and it's because the body functions just like a battery when we charge up we also discharge and this means all of the stuff that goes on in our daily lives if it's pulling on us pulling on us if there's wear and tear if it's hot or if you're exhausted, then all of those minerals inside of your body are depleted. And then what happens because of our food, there's not much minerals there. And then if we're taking like minerals from the pharmacy, those particles are way too big to even get into the areas that we need them in. And that's what makes She Legit so special. This is not something new. It's actually ancient and it's known by different terms. And the importance of this shilajit is it has fulvic acid that allows these minerals to break apart and to go into the areas of their body. Your body is like a periodic table. And many of those shelves in the periodic table are empty. You can have over 80 something minerals in your body in a form in which your body can actually assimilate. So then you can charge back up and every single thing that you want to do in life, you'll have the current for. Check out shilajit, see what it can do for you and get with us today. To kind of zoom into this on a different scope, we have to go to the story of Gaia, if you may. Also, who I believe for sure 100% is Venus. And also many other names, even the mother, mother goddess. We have to go to a time where we actually see that there's a situation that seems to occur in, in, in this point where we have one being that starts to, the reason why I knew this was going to be the most difficult part to come into, but I have to enter into this because this is literally entering into the garden because Venus is Eve. Eve is Hava and Hava means fallen. So let's just, let's just clear that up really quickly. So that way we can dial in the story here because if we're going to be searching in for, in a moment, we're going to be searching for like some clarity, <laughs> like why did all of this happen? And I believe that the, the best answer to that question would be that this seems to be a lesson for the mother goddess. So let's say, for instance, the mother, mother goddess had parents. This would be the lesson that the mother goddess would be being taught from her parents about having children or basically cloning. Because, 
originally we were non-gendered. That's why they say the angels in heaven are non-gendered because that means that that basically means that we had no RNA. We had no other side of the double helix of the, of the staff of Hermes. So we could not procreate. There was no such thing as procreation because remember procreation is replication. So in the beginning, it seems like there was this maximer law and there was even some type of sentience happening in this space. And this law and decree was that there could be no cloning, no replication, i.e. no sex, no six, which is the number. This is also why this being being a seraph, we found out that Sarah or Sir, Sir, which is in serpent, the word Sir means six. So basically, this shows in the coding that somehow Eve, who's also Hava, let's look at this. In Hebrew, Eve, the meaning is, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you go to these definitions and it's like beautiful, inspiring, and it's just like, wait a minute, is that in the language, though? And they'd be like, oh, no, that's not what Eve means in the language. In the language, which is Hebrew, Eve is Hava, and Hava means, by definition, to fall. Right? And it says over here, look at some of the terminology around this. Bow down to thee, be Lord, be to you, be master of your brothers. So there's like a story being told here, which you're going to understand very clearly after a, a, a deep level of the, the dissertation today. But again, the wall that thou mayest be their king, the wall you be of their king reports, he says, fall on the earth to the snow, be thou the earth to the snow says the earth rain. Okay. So I just read through all these earlier and it was like, there were a lot of things that were connecting with the etymology, but that's for later. That's in the, the thorough dissertation of just those things. But it, we have to prove by fact that Eve's name means the fall. So that way you understand what it actually happened in the garden and what's all being referred to in these codes. So if we were to say it as a story, you can imagine that it seemed like what Eve did is went into what would be like a dream, but a very powerful dream. And in this dream, she sees a fall. She sees basically death. She sees like that somehow she falls away from the whole celestial choir. And in this dream, she goes into this deep sadness. Now, I would imagine it's because she's like basically in this case, like a daughter of whoever these, let's say the next rung up of celestial entities. She's like a daughter of these beings. And she's in this dream. She dreams that things start falling away. She starts having this great level of sadness. And then she seems to vow to herself that she will never be a widow and she will never be childless. Now, the reason why this, again, like in our times, we're in 2021, we got all this damn technology, all this wild, crazy stuff that distracts us. Maybe some of this doesn't make any sense versus if you look at those old movies about like the Elden times and ancient beings, like the dreams are very powerful that they be having, right? Like they dream of the legacy of the world and the truth to the sun story and all this kind of stuff. So this is the kind of beings that we are. And it appears that this being, which is the mother of humanity, she was in some type of dream, dreaming of the future and seeing a fall and seeing the loss of her son, and which who also was her husband, which again is something that a lot of people don't understand, but it is very replete, especially in any type of reptilian culture, or if you watch reptiles and see how they replicate. So in this, in this tense, not only does Eve seem to dream about a fall, she dreams about also a resolution to never be a widow and never be childless. And what this solution is, is called creation. <laughs> 
So now do you see why when they start talking about the mother goddess and they say that the mother goddess had the name of God and started creating with the name of God, what they're basically referring to is, is that still that this, this, this being had enough power to create something that was outside of the creation, if you may, because of its own sadness. So that was the only way that I could lens into even why Freemasons call themselves the widow's son. The story of Isis and Osiris, how Isis ends up wandering the earth without her husband. That her husband is also her, her son, and she's holding her son in her hand because she can replicate herself from when her, son, when her son grows up, she mates with her son and creates, and it keeps going on and on and on. See, that, again, is in numbers. Numbers show that the first thing, when replicating into the second thing, that the first and the second thing must come into copulation to create the third thing. So do you see why this starts to become, uh, this becomes the word sin, or also shin, shin in Hebrew? Because it's Shin in Hebrew is showing that there's two serpents now intertwining because what they're doing is they're copulating or they're creating. But as I said before, it seems like High Father, whatever you want to call it, that's way out there was like that there's no, there should be no creating because probably it creates this kind of thing that we're dealing with right now. And it goes on and it actually explains why that happens. And it's because... Wow, we have, I guess we have to get into the whole saga here. It's because that in time, like in these worlds, right, and this is not the only one, it's like beings can do things that they end up getting time in the prism for. Like they actually now have to go through the lesson of the experience of what they did. So in that process, let's say, for instance, the, but the spiritual plane is predominantly the place that that happens, I'm trying to be very clear here is that the spiritual plane is like when you come out of the physical body and you're in this what we call the spiritual plane. You're not able to you're kind of like suffering and still dealing with everything that you did. I'm trying to make this very clear. It's like trying to crack space time when you're not in physical worlds. OK, so when you leave physical worlds, every single thing that you did in that physical world becomes like the sum total of who you are in the spiritual world. And you live in the spiritual world like that unless you can actually get back to the physical world and try to rechange your path or your energy. OK, and let me prove this. It says right here, every Egyptian king, therefore, became a Horus. You want me to, I need to remove it. Became a Horus on ascending to the throne, reliving his victory over the separative ones. Every feral that died reenacted the death passion play of Osiris, putting all the parts together and thus became an Osiris in order to keep the soul of Osiris powerful in the next realm in which it would be resurrected. The Ka or spirit body would need the channeling of the life force as a support system from this world. So basically what this means, just to, to, to make it as clear as possible, is that when a being ends up in what you're calling the spiritual plane, judgment, is, judgment has happened. Now they have to live in the spiritual plane as they, had, as they are. And I think that's because the spiritual plane is the truth. It's like you can't be anything else but what you are. So because of that, there's a lot of entities that are just like they're there and they have to deal with all the stuff that they had ever did. And so... Gaia seems to also have taken compassion on this because some of these beings were actually her children. So you're talking about more of a hyperdimensional approach here. This is a being seeing things going on through time and intervening in time for her children when they start experiencing certain things that are a byproduct of her creation. So in this solution, many of the fallen were actually outside of time and they could not be forgiven. They could not repent. And so they were stuck in that stage. Now, repent means this is a pentagram. The body is a pentagram. So repent means to get back into a pentagram. So they were stranded, basically. So it appears again that, 
as I said, there's a, there's a real, as I say, a high father, like what they be showing you with Thor and his father and all that kind of stuff. There's something like that going on in Orion. And this being was like, it kind of damned these beings for what they had done with this physical experience and having sex and creating and all this kind of stuff. And they stayed on the outside of time for a while and they weren't allowed in physical worlds because physical worlds consisted of no vessels that these beings could get into or take. So they for a while stayed just outside of time. Then came English, which as I said before, English is a very ancient language. It is not new. It is a composition of many different languages, but very specifically English means ang, which is the root of our word angel, and ish, which is the Arabic word for man. So English as a code is saying angel man to create Angel men, basically to create, to use codes and to use vibrations and tones to create beings that actually can become possessed by these entities that are actually outside of time. So in this way, you see this in the scripture that Adam, who in this case is Adam Cadman, is put into a deep sleep by another being who I believe is Hava, right? And in this deep sleep, Adam being a cadman, which was androgynous, is split. So literally, the de- something happens with the DNA of Adam where another replica is created. And then from that point, that being tells Adam, now be fruitful and multiply because now it's you and Eve, it's not just you. It's not just one strand DNA. It's like now there's two strand DNA and these two strand DNA can now replicate. And, be, and because they can replicate, which is the first sin, if you may, the first shin in the world. Now the whole world can reboot or reanimate. Okay, so remember, outside of time is like stasis. It's not animated. Inside of a world is to reanimate. So it's like to basically start playing like a film strip in a recorder with lights again. Literally, that it appears that the actual element that is used to create the second strand of DNA, and you can go and look this up yourself, is phosphate. Now, phosphate is also... The other name for Venus or Lucifer are also called phosphorus because when phosphorus is exposed to oxygen, it becomes a phosphate. Phosphorus is a light element. So all of the screens that we're in and sodas and all the foods that we're eating, there's been this huge spike. It's not even just the foods, but the screens mainly of all of this phosphorus. Right. So this is how it plays out in our time that this shining one, this bright light is literally these screens, because if you go and do your work, you'll find out that Venus is predominantly comprised as far as its atmosphere is concerned of phosphorus. So it just proves indefinitely that the, the blending of the tree, that's even why they say I'm the vine and you are the branches because see the vine is kind of twining up on the tree. The vine is not a tree. It's more of like a serpent. So that serpent is Venus. It's actually the serpent mixing in with the Adam Cadman or as the Adam Cadman split. So you got to get it kind of like you got to tesseract it. You got to come outside of time and look at, look at it and say, okay, so what am I looking at? You're looking at all of a sudden a second strand being added. Now, this is why for sure that Apple as a company shows it's a bitten apple. Remember I told you a long time ago, I said the Apple is the most Venusian. Just like Tesla, Tesla the real, the real Nikola Tesla said Venusians rolled up on him that he got the knowledge from Venusians. He's very clear on that in his diary, right? And then all of the real works show that the Venusians had come in the human bodies, also known as the V, right? Even though they just, you know, they, they, they put all this stuff directly in front of you, but nothing can be more clear than the word English because then you've got to say, well, what is the purpose of all of this? 
And that's what I was telling you before. The purpose would have to be big. Your purpose is huge. And that purpose is reanimation. Because this same thing that they're saying that the Pharaoh needs to do is actually the same thing. It's almost like they started wholesaling this, if you may, where billions of entities could reanimate themselves again after a burned out life by rerunning their film strip, by creating a clone of their DNA. Man, do you know that this is exactly what they're doing right now in technology or trying to do with uploading our, our consciousness in the frameworks? But those are all the people who don't even know that, yo, that was already done. The reason why you're even doing that or feel like that that's something that you should do or something that you even think you know how to do is because it's actually going on right now. It's just... This stuff has always been like high level, the management of it. Notice how I told you guys before, I said, you know what? These NFL players, I told you they're the Nephilim. These rappers, I told you that they're the Raptors. See, because a lot of this stuff, it happened in Egypt, right? In fact, it, it states clearly that the being that we know as Marduk or Merodach, who's also another name from Hermes, was being... Talk to by the Igigi or those who man the ship. The Igigi is where we even get our word digital today. Those who man the ship. They say that they were actually inside of the moon and that they could not reanimate back into the world. And that Thoth Hermes created this process, created human beings as we know them. That's why I say it's Hermes. It's a female male. It's an androgynin. It's Eve or Hava. And for that, it even says in the Sumerian text, for that, the Igigi built the pyramids. So this means that once Eve or Hava gave them the gift of reanimation to be able to reincarnate back into the world, the first thing they did for Eve or Hava as a, re, as a, as a thank you was to build the pyramid so Eve or Hava could live inside of the pyramid. So this is the deepest level of that awareness of what's been going on on planet Earth. And that's why, as they said, that's Freemasonry because it was about Fremison or basically the entities who were the crafters or the artificers. Those were the Igigi. They crafted an artifice, the pyramids, so that Hava could stay inside. Who is Hava? Another being, as we mentioned, that uses, as it says here, let's, let's go another, another one here. It says, because they had discovered this energy through divination in the name of Osiris and Thoth and used it for healing, navigation, and growing crops, they ultimately decided to use its amazing growth factor for the continuous feeding of the dead spirit of the king. Since, which is a kahin. Remember that when we see this word king, we think of a man, but kahin is the word. It's the where we get our word priest, king, or kohen, which is a mixture of a king and a queen. It's a rebus. It's an actual androgen. So that's why this always, throw, the, the patriarchal side of the tradition is the plagiarization to change all of the knowledge and to make the knowledge so nobody can understand what's going on. They blinded the knowledge by the light of the sun. Literally, they blinded the knowledge by the idea that this all has to do with the male so that they can veil the feminine aspect of Hermes, as we mentioned, the actual creative component, which is woman, which is Eve, who is Hava. So do you see when not having this key component in peace, one just is lost because you don't even understand what the hell is going on. And it's in the pyramid, the way that it's constructed, it allows the entities that are there to be able to draw energy from the entire planet to consistently sustain themselves, not only in this plane, but more importantly, in the afterlife, because you need a tether from here to there. So like why we keep downplaying the physical world, it seems like to be able to glide through space time like they were doing and that they're doing now, they tethered themselves by human beings like an umbilical cord. So I could be in the afterlife as long as my daughter is actually here in this world because I'm tethered to her like a umbilical cord. Do you see what I mean? So that if you saw how that looked, this is advanced alien technology. All you see is cables and cords, <laughs> multiple fibers connecting in from basically massive macrobe forms, dead but dreaming, 
the entire existence, hosting it through the human bodies that are here that are actually playing out the circuit that is actually inside of the sky and the purpose. What is the purpose? To reanimate continuously the existence so that those who become aware can navigate themselves beyond this, i.e. what they call, um, well, again, that's repentance, which means to turn around. As we talked about before, like, so in the military, they say, repent, you know, you're going to go back in the other direction. And it's also about a pentagrams because literally you would go from six or sex, which is the other strand of the DNA back to five. And then when, and then when you would go back into the pent, you would basically go back into the actual awareness of the Adam Cadman. And this is why in the Washington streets, they code six and five. Remember we saw that the masonry done in the streets of Washington is a hexagram and a pentagram. That is a word called Sir Pent. Sarah, which is six, and Pent, which is five. Six and five. And six and five is exactly what the DNA is. It's DNA and RNA. So let's spin the lens another direction and look at it from another level. So what... The tradition is saying is, is that for this first creation to be made, it still needed to, the, the, the life force had to come from something. And where that life force came from was like a new sun, that there was a new sun that was being born. And what these beings, Hava, the Venusians were capable of doing is stealing that sun's light or, 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 or uh, inheritance to reanimate their mistake. <laughs> That's what the whole Christ story is. That's also the Nibiru story that at the crossing or at the piercing, basically the planets split. So what this actually is on a metaphorical level is that this energy to reanimate those still needed to come from somewhere. And that's why there is a lot of destructive energy here in the world because the fallen, they, all of them were on the same, they, they weren't on the level. Meaning that these were very ravenous, there were very ravenous, vicious fallen angels. I cannot say all of them were like that, obviously, but it would be just like God, God's file cabinet in unison. Now everything thrown out on the floor and the other half of things that's balancing things out is now in its ugliest form. I just want to make it very clear that it seems to be that also through time that while Gaia may have been creating peacocks and beautiful animals that when her sons which were like also created by her started using this power of cloning themselves. They went into another direction with it. I want to make this very clear that this, that's why even now secret societies have the knowledge of how this process works, but they are not the originators of it. The mother is the originator of it, but so you can't blame all of the creation, the co-creations, I guess that's what you would call it. You can't blame all the co-creations on the mother because we have a, a, a character that really stands out called the Demerge or Canuvis or the lion face God that starts using the power too, knows how to use this power of creation, right? So how that plays out in the scripture is, is that the serpent that is actually in the garden is more of the Canubis, is more of the Demerge. And in this case, the demerge is now going to do its own creation process. This is why I'm saying that probably High Father was like, no, nah, that's not all that's not going to work out. Trust me. If, because the whole idea also, if you can notice that in the text, it says that they're, they're scattered here and there. What was the ideals around this? Why did other beings start getting involved in this? Why did this happen? It says because Hava was kind of bent on this idea that she was going to create a world or it was going to create a world that was like God's. And it was going to be like everybody was going to have the opportunity to actually become God. (laughs) And so 
see what I'm saying? So there's just like, there's a, there's kind of like when they say a fall, there's kind of like a progression of ideas that start to occur. First, we weren't in time at all, not thinking. And then all of a sudden we start kind of sliding down this ladder of procreation. Now we want to have sex or six. Now we want to actually create ourselves. Now we want to have our own world. Then we start seeing the problems with having a world. We start struggling immediately. That's why they say that Cain was the first child. So right away, the first child reaped thorns and thistles for the parent. So it was like as a tree, this is like this first fruit was like a badass. And it's the same thing as I saying, like now the lessons are going to start then. It's like, I'm sure vast beings, vast intellect already know this is going to happen. High father, high mother, whatever you want to call it, already know all this is going to happen. Back there with popcorn, set up for another saga of loop-de-loop of the creation process of teaching an androgynous being why you don't create in the external planes. Because it, re, it allows things that are, let's say, for instance, like it is what it is. That's how it's always going to be to relive again in either one, repeat themselves and do the same thing or change. So do you see why that becomes somewhat of a sacrifice? Because, you know, some are going to repeat the same process. They're going to be the same killers. They're going to be the same rapists. They're going to be the same low life, no loving losers that they were before. But there's going to be a percentage of them that actually wake up to like, whoa, what is happening to me? Let me change up some things. Let me change my destiny. So do you see where it's like a sticky situation? You can't really blame Hava because she's literally watching her children be damned because of her creation. Now, if you think that that is so far out of the ordinary, some of our mothers had to go through that same thing. Not only, you know, you got badass kids, they're killing each other, they're going to prison, they're dishonoring the family name. So all this is going on, and it's a great sacrifice, but there's also this other end to it that if you can actually clue into what's happening, that you can ascend. And it's not, and that everybody is going to ascend. This is another thing, it's like, they try to actually pass out ascension tickets, this is how, like, Rob, Roger Bacon and the, and the Brotherhood of Shakespeare reorganized all of the Bible and put it into this whole context and took all this knowledge and moved it all around and actually created this story of a cunningly contrived myth where everything that is taking place on a DNA level is brought into, like, a literal context with an actual man. You see what I mean? And I don't doubt at all, again, that that can't manifest physical versions of it. But to be able to see it clearly, to be able to see the true Christ, you would need to see it from this level. So let's keep going here. So now we can realize then what was this purpose of creation and why the fallen actually end up getting reanimated again and why the mother was probably looking at her children and still trying to come up with a solution for something that her father had already damned them to. That's why for a time, as it said, there was no, there, there was basically peace on the earth. There was no chaos and no confusion after the deluge or after the flood, if you may. But sure enough, some humans still remain, and then the whole thing pops off again. And the reason why you know that is because we're here today, and the whole damn thing is popping off. Israel's fighting with Palestine. We're talking about how we don't, we don't like the Chinese. The Russians are gearing themselves up for another round of glass Like, it's just like, what's up with the backstory? Because the backstory is what equals all the stuff that's happening now. So, of course, the backstory would have to be pretty intrinsic. It would have to contain the components that would equate to what we're dealing with now. That's why these stories to me, when I just, when I put it all together, mainly linguistically, linguistics is your anchor. It's going to allow you to be able to, when you when the gap happens, like you're swinging the rope to the next thing and there's nothing there, the language is going to be able to take you to the rest of the way. Like, for instance, let me, let me keep going here. So they said then, now let's reorganize these scriptures. Now they talk about that there were some warnings about this. There was this consistent warnings from High Father, High Mother, and Orion, Pleiades, wherever they're hanging out at, saying, hey, do not pass your children through the fire of Moloch. 
Okay, that is the word that is given to the to the to the parents or to the worshipers or the believers or the ones that are trying to repent. Do not pass your children through the fire Moloch. And most people are looking at that and they're thinking that they had this God and then they were sacrificing these babies to God. And I'm not even saying that that wasn't going on, but I'm saying you got to see it on a metaphysical level that Moloch is a molecule. A Moloch is a molecule. So it's saying, hey, do not pass your progeny or your next existence through the fiery molecule or you're going to be anim- reanimating inside of the realm of the fallen. So there was always these warnings is what I'm saying. But because there's a romanticized, literally Rome is Venus's whole thing, romantics. There's a romanticized aspect to this story. There's drama. There's going back for lost family members or the beloved. There's gliding beyond all this because you're basically higher than a seraphim but then descending back into it again to reanimate to try to set a higher score you see what i mean so there's there's something going on here that's beyond just like a traditional story the story is constantly being written and that's why i was saying before it doesn't surprise me at all that the ancient ancient ancestors would allow something like this to continue because ultimately it's filling up like a like a uh, in itself it's filling up a vast expanse like a carpet or a weaving a a magical carpet a weaving of a reality on top of nothing so you're going to have different viewpoints here is what i'm saying you're going to have the viewpoint from high father which is that attitude like i told you guys you ever got that kind of person that's i told you guys not to do that I told you, do you ever meet that kind of personality? The big, I told you so personality, right? And then you have the ultra emotional feminine super curve, right? Which is willing to even drown the children in order to be with them again and cries because they hurt the children and comes back and tries to help the children and defies all odds and tricks gods and defeats Great sea beasts to actually do it all over again. You see me? So there's passion, there's drama, or what we used to call the dragon mother, right? So all of that is in the realm, and we know that because we're looking at it all the time. It's happening all the time around us. But there's a part that we're not seeing. So that's why they say in Dan will be the serpent. This is also in the Old Testament. In the tribe of Dan is the serpent. Dan is an anagram for DNA. So it's very clearly saying that that double helix spiral in itself again is a symbol of the replication or the blending and addition of the DNA and the RNA together in order to actually create the angel man. 